Welcome into Rocky Talk, the Tennessee podcast presented by seccountry.com. My name is Josh Ward. Excited to be with you today. Mike Griffith is going to join the show coming up in just a moment. We're going to talk about Tennessee's offense, the battle at quarterback as they continue to work through the summer months. Tyson Helton, Tennessee's new offensive coordinator, and the pieces he has to work with in year one. We'll get to that coming up in just a moment. Also on today's show, some numbers that quite frankly, might frustrate you a little bit if you're a Tennessee fan, but they'll probably make some sense when I lay them out as well. I'll do that a little bit later in the show. Some updated information on the ceremony to honor John Ward. That's coming up Wednesday night at Thompson Bowling Arena. I'll tell you about that. And there's some administrative news in college athletics. I'll tell you about that all right here on Rocky Talk, the Tennessee podcast presented by seccountry.com here each day through this week. If you have any questions or comments uh, about what's going on with the show, you can reach out to me at Josh underscore Ward. If you want to ask what's going on with Tennessee as they continue to recruit, players continue to go through summer classes and workouts, feel free to reach out to me and follow me on Twitter at Josh underscore Ward. So before Mike Griffith hops on with us here on the show, the quarterback battle is going to be a big focus this summer. It will be a big talking point in August and heading into the opener against West Virginia on September 1st. I'd say that Jeremy Pruitt is going to go as close to September 1st as he can before we find out who the starting quarterback is going to be. It might be similar to last year, even though last year we pretty much knew that Quentin Dormady was going to be the starter Remember, we did think that there was a very good chance that Dormady and Garantano would play. It didn't work out that way last year. I think there's a good chance this year, though, that we do see Garantano and Keller Christ play in the opener. It's going to be between those two guys. And remember, Jeremy Pruitt said after the spring game that we might not find out who Tennessee's starting quarterback is until late in the game, the fourth quarter against West Virginia. I don't know for sure that we know who the guy is after week one part of that will depend on how that game goes but I think it's going to be a dead heat going into August and I think it will be that way through a lot of fall camp and there are reasons for each quarterback to be optimistic if you look at Jarrett Garantano's case he has experience of going through spring practice with the coaching staff he's been working with them in meetings with them for the last six months or so seven months since they arrived in December Jared Garantano has plenty of talent, so that's not an issue for him. He has played in the SEC, and he has a relationship with his teammates. He's entering his third year on campus at Tennessee. He's been with some of these receivers and offensive linemen who are in front of him for a few years now. Then if you're Keller Christ, well, one, he comes in with plenty of experience. Played in the Pac-12, played at Stanford in big football games. He was evaluated by this coaching staff. This coaching staff is the one that recruited Keller Chris to come to Tennessee to finish out his college career and Chris has the size he he has the stature that you look for Keller Chris looks like an NFL quarterback coming in plenty of size there for Keller Chris so both quarterbacks have reasons to be optimistic both have advantages that they offer that's why I think it's going to be a close race at the beginning and through the month of August but let's talk about it more with Mike Griffith Follow him on Twitter at MikeGriffith32 with SEC Country and Cox Media. And Mike, why don't we start there with the quarterback position? We're going to talk about the offense, but what do you think there? Maybe what do you hear behind the scenes about what's going on there through the summer months with Keller Christ and Jared Garantano getting ready for that quarterback competition? Well, Jared Garantano thinks he's going to be the guy, Josh. I mean, he's been down to the Manning Passing Academy. 
you know, he's worked with his quarterback coach and and he's the better athlete of the two. And he's very, very confident that he's going to be the starting quarterback at Tennessee. Well, you know, with Jared Garantano, now he's not Josh Dobbs. We spent a lot of time last year saying that, but he does have mobility. He can be a playmaker, I think. And part of that might be he has a better chance to be a playmaker if he has better comfort within the offense, if he has a better understanding and the game slows down, you know, all those things that you say about what comes with the mental side of playing quarterback. As he continues to progress and feel more comfortable, do you think there might be a chance that Garantano can use his athleticism to be an even better playmaker, both with his arm and his legs? Well, yeah, Josh. And, you know, don't forget he's being coached by Tyson Tyson Helton. You know, Tyson Helton's a million-dollar-a-year offensive coordinator, quarterback's coach. And, you know, Jeremy Pruitt feels so strong about Tyson Helton that Chris Winkie's not even working with, with Jared Garantano because Winkie's, you know, strictly running backs. So here you got a Heisman Trophy quarterback who's coached quarterbacks in the NFL – but Tyson Helton is so well thought of and so highly regarded that Jeremy Pruitt's having him work with the quarterbacks and not Winky. And so, I mean, if you've got a quarterback's coach that's that good that you don't want to have an NFL quarterback coach and a Heisman Trophy work, winner working with your quarterbacks, that says a lot for Tyson Helton. And, you know, when you got an athlete like Jared Garantano, I mean, that's what he's there for is get him coached up to play. Yeah, I mean, this offense and the quarterbacks, you're right, they're all in the hands of Tyson Helton now. They each have their own position group. I've told told you and mentioned on this show a lot, I, I like David Johnson. I think he could be a really good wide receivers coach. But big picture, this is in the hands of Tyson Helton, and he's well compensated. He's making over a million dollars to be the offense coordinator and the quarterbacks coach at Tennessee. With a three-year guarantee at that, something yeah. that a lot of other coaches don't have. So. You know, to me, if it's not Jared Garantano at some point this season, that would be disappointing, you know, because Garantano went down there to the Peyton Manning Passing Academy, worked with Eli and Peyton and, and got drave reviews. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster, and he's confident, and, and he's been through a lot. You know, he took a lot of hits for Tennessee last year. And, you know, if Keller Chris doesn't have the athleticism – you know, he's going to have problems behind that offensive line. I mean, let's be honest. It's an improved unit, Josh. And I think you and I think a lot of the job they did this spring is certainly Will Friend. But I think you better have a quarterback back there with some playmaking ability and uh, some ability to move around and make some things happen. And that's Jerry Garantano. Hey, and you know one thing, Mike, I'll kind of joke here, but part of it's being serious. Tennessee fans, as they're watching the offense and they're seeing what Tyson Elton's going to do, he can earn some early points by using the fullback, as we saw in the spring game. That looks like it's going to be a part of the offense, but that's part of the change that's coming in with Tyson Helton being the offense coordinator. Well, I mean, you went out and you signed the number one junior college tight end in the country, and you know Austin Pope showed us a little bit that he could play fullback. You've got some big guys that are capable uh, over there that can play that fullback position, and you know, remember, this is why they hired this staff. I mean, this is a celebrated staff. This is a veteran SEC staff, Josh. This, this isn't a bunch of rookies. I mean, these are guys that have coached on championship teams. And, you know, Phil Fulmer kind of made this happen. I mean, it was kind of whatever Jeremy wanted, Jeremy got. So now you've got the coaches to get these guys coached up. You've got what recruits that have averaged about a maybe top 15 ranked recruiting class, I think. is that If, that, if I'm not mistaken, that's the number. Yeah, that's so, about right. So you've got, uh, you know, the average of top 15 recruiting class. You've got a, 
a multi-million dollar staff that's among the highest paid in the country. And you got five, you got the number two highest paid strength coach in the nation, you know, and you just basically invested a half a million dollars into a weight room that really didn't really need updates. I mean, you've, you've put a lot of money into it. It's, it's going to be time to deliver. And I think fans can, I think fans can expect a lot from Tennessee. I don't think Jeremy Pruitt would be spending all this money if he didn't think it was worth it. Certainly Philip Former wouldn't be approving stuff just to approve it. Right, and and within those walls, they are going to have high expectations for themselves. That's why Jeremy Pruitt's brought in a grad transfer quarterback, a grad transfer running back in Madre London, a grad transfer offensive lineman in Brandon Kennedy, and that's for help right away, plus some junior college players that they signed, like you mentioned, with Dominique Wood-Anderson. And doesn't mean it all comes together, but there are some pieces to work with. Madre London has talent. Ty Chandler was a high school All-American and has playmaking ability. Juwan Jennings has proven he can play at a high level in the SEC. Marquez Callaway has proven he can make plays. Dominic Wood Anderson, very highly touted coming in from JUCO. And then back to where we were at the start of the conversation, quarterback Jared Garantano was a high school All-American as well. Four-star dual threat guy that Urban Meyer wanted at Ohio State. So Again, development, how how ready are they within the offense? Those are all questions, but there are some pieces to work with, and then there is also the offensive line that has to come together. Yeah, there's a lot to work with when you think about it, um, especially a quarterback. I mean, Jared Garantano was the number one-ranked dual-threat quarterback in the nation by some services. And, you know, a guy that, you know, Jeremy Pruitt himself said is tough as nails when he came in. So now, you know, Jared's gone to this passing academy with the Mannings. You know, he's worked with the quarterback's coach. He's confident, Josh. He's bigger, stronger, faster. And, you know, behind that line, I just think his mobility could make a difference. And, you know, Jared thinks he's going to be the starter. You know, he's probably not just imagining that. He's got to have reason to believe that, I think. Yeah, and I imagine as well that Jared asked Peyton Manning for a little advice on going through a quarterback competition at Tennessee because Peyton did that at the very beginning of his time at Tennessee, too. Well, he sure did. And, you know, this could be a similar situation where – it's only a matter of time before Jarrett takes over. I mean, I know Jeremy, you know, went out and recruited Keller Chris, but if Keller just doesn't have the athleticism to get it done, you know, he might be a good leader and know all the plays, but you might need a playmaker back there to get it done. So that's something, obviously, to pay attention to over the next several weeks. We might hear behind the scenes, and of course, when fall practice begins, the quarterback battle will really take off. It's been a good offseason, I think, so far for uh, Jarrett Garantano. At MikeGriffith32 is where you can follow Mike on Twitter. Mike, anything else we should add about uh, what's going on here in the final few days at SEC Country or yeah. anything else to check out with Tennessee? Finishing up the podcast. You know, obviously, John Ward tribute coming up. and um, Yeah, we're just going to write it out, Josh, take a look at these position battles as we come to the end of June. No doubt. Mike Griffith, really appreciate the time. Thank you, and we'll talk again soon. Appreciate it, Josh. Mike Griffith of SCCCountry.com. And again, there are reasons to be optimistic about what the offense can be. It's a coaching staff that's pretty well thought of on that side of the ball. There are some skill position players that are good athletes that were well thought of coming out of high school. Now, were the evaluations correct? Can all of them live up to what the expectations were? There are a lot of pieces that have to come together. And again, that offensive line, how does it work out? Is Trey Smith indeed cleared to play? That's going to matter. But Tennessee will have players that could help score some points. And depending on how things can get picked up on the defensive side, Tennessee will probably need to score some points, starting with week one against West Virginia. So a look at the offensive side there. 
Yesterday, Tom Fornelli of CBSSports.com posted a story looking back at the last 10 years in the SEC, and he was looking at betting trends within the conference. He looked at how the conference had done overall and then looked at SEC team-by-team trends. This is kind of a scary statement. The team in the SEC with the best record against the spread, meaning they covered as a favorite or an underdog, was Alabama. As Tom Fernelli wrote at CBS Sports, it's a testament to how dominant Alabama has been that it's not only the best team in the SEC, but the best team against the spread as well. Think about this. Alabama is most often expected to blow teams out. And according to this, they most often do. Alabama, 78-60 and 60 against the spread when it's supposed to win just about every game every season. So where's Tennessee? Well, over the last 10 years, Tennessee has the 13th best record against the spread in the SEC. 45% of the time, Tennessee covers. And here's what Tom Fornelli added. You want to bet against Tennessee when it's at home. The Vols are 28-43-1 against the spread at Neyland Stadium since 2008. Pay particular attention when the Vols are a home underdog as they are 5-15 and against the spread. That has to frustrate you if you're a Tennessee fan. Think about that. Over the last 10 years, Tennessee has been an underdog at home 20 times. So every year, on average, Tennessee is expected to lose two home games. Well, when you factor in that Tennessee essentially every year plays three cupcake games where the Vols are supposed to win, and it's not supposed to be close, and that's actually been an issue at times, UMass, UAB, Appalachian State, But there are two games every year where Tennessee is expected to lose. Now, five of those, I guess, would have been Alabama, but that leaves 15 other games. And most often, Tennessee does lose. 5-15 and against the spread as a home underdog. And then Tyler Wyatt, who keeps up with what's going on from the Vegas side of things, he sent me a message and said, since 2005, Tennessee is 9-55 and straight up when the Vols have been underdogs. So Tennessee has been an underdog 64 times since 2005. About five times per year, Tennessee goes in as the team expected to lose, and Tennessee has only won nine of those 64 games. As I said at the beginning of the show, I would give you some numbers that would frustrate you. They probably don't surprise you, though. It's just a reminder of how bleak things have been over the last 10 years and off and on going back over the last 13 seasons That's what Philip Fulmer, now the athletic director, and Jeremy Pruitt are trying to correct. Before I close out today's show, a couple of notes for you. One, Tennessee announced on Monday that the ceremony for John Ward to honor him at Thompson Bowling Arena on Wednesday evening will indeed have a live stream. When it was announced over the weekend, it was said by UT that there would be no live stream, no live coverage. But That actually won't be the case. There will be a live stream. There will be TV coverage if the news stations want to as well. It starts at 6.05. It's going to be at Thompson Bowling Arena. But if you are not able to get there and you want to watch, there will be a stream of the ceremony to pay tribute to the legendary John Ward, which I think is a great thing. There will be a lot of people that want to watch and want to take part in some way to say goodbye to John Ward after he meant so much to the University of Tennessee. And I do want to mention a couple of college athletics administrative notes. 
David Blackburn, longtime member of Tennessee's athletic department, most recently the athletic director at Chattanooga, and a guy that a lot of Tennessee fans wanted to be the AD to replace Dave Hart. He has been hired as a senior associate AD at Middle Tennessee. So MTSU hiring David Blackburn seems like a really good hire to me. And Damon Evans, former Georgia athletic director, has been chosen as the new AD at Maryland. Why is that significant? Well, John Curry was a finalist for that job. So John Curry does not get the job at Maryland, but that might indicate that he will be an athletic director at a power conference school sooner than we might have thought after he left Tennessee just a few months ago. That is going to do it for today's show. Thanks so much for hanging out. I'll be back tomorrow talking about what's going on with Tennessee. Any questions for the show? I'm on Twitter. Follow me and shoot me a message at Josh underscore Ward. Thanks for hanging out. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow.